the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Don't have time to go on SoCal Live today? Leave Scott a voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. It's great to be with you today on this fine afternoon. Got a good show for you today. Noticed just now that the words Southern California are trending on Twitter. Must be great anticipation of this show, obviously. Well, that must be what's going on, which today includes Officer Dion Joseph. He'll be with us in just a few minutes. And Open Phone Friday, we'll talk about whatever it is you would like to talk about. You can join the conversation at 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. The number is 888-528-2557. Or you can send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. And uh, as always, you know... um, Right now, one of the biggest things I think for us, and this is on my mind right now because I just moved, moved to a new town, which means I need to get new insurance, new doctors, new everything, not just for me, but for my family, for my kids. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a complicated thing to do that. Um, what do you do? What, do you have any tricks for finding a new doctor? Do you, what are the things that are on your mind for how to do that? We'll talk about that here a little bit later in this hour. And I have a guest who may help us with that. And uh, I want to let you know about this. If you've got those kinds of healthcare questions, and you probably have a lot of different healthcare questions today, you are uh, in the right place because KKLA is hosting our annual health fair, which is tomorrow, uh, tomorrow September twenty fourth, and at the uh, at this healthcare uh, seminar all day long. It's nine. Well, not all day. It's nine to one. Nine to one. It's for free. You can learn about healthcare insurance, best health practices. There's health screenings. Breakfast is available. Stuff about men's health, nutrition, senior care, much, much more. A lot of great opportunity for you. It's from nine to one at Pasadena First Church of the Nazarene. You can learn more by going to kkla.com. But uh, with me right now in the studio here is uh, Dr. Joseph Alvarnas. Dr. Joseph Alvarnas is the Vice President of Government Affairs at City of Hope. Dr. Alvarnas, welcome to Southern California Live. It's a pleasure being here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's great to have you on. Let me ask you this. Uh, what is the greatest challenge for people in 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 healthcare today, post COVID world, a lot of people have moved. A lot of a lot of things have changed, and it feels like two years ago was ten years ago. Um, well, what would you advise people today? I mean, I think you're asking a great question. I think the hardest part is how best to get started. Yeah, when when you're trying to figure out when you're emerging from this pandemic and from lockdowns and everything else that have occurred in our lives. The first step is figuring out how to get back engaged with the world, and, and that's true for our own healthcare. So many things got put on hold for two years, and now's the time to try to move forward and get back to where we need to be. Do you find that people are 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 kind of behind? Like, did people just stop having physicals, regular routine care, sort of drop out of the routines? I think absolutely. I think there's certain things that uh, over the past two years, when life, society, and families were stressed by dealing with the pandemic, 
things like health care screening and checking your cholesterol and making it your family doctor really became of secondary or tertiary importance. And we know that those things are essential for living longer, better quality lives. So we have to figure out a way to put them back on top of the list. And that takes a certain amount of intentionality and a certain amount of practice. What would you say is a good first step then for somebody doing that? Say somebody hasn't been to the doctor, maybe their doctor. In the meantime, you, doctors have retired or people have moved. It's so different. I, I myself moved from San Diego to L.A. I got to get new doctors. I don't know anybody or where to start. What, what would you say is a good place to start for anybody in that situation? Well, I, I think the first step is always a step of admitting that you need help. <laughs> I think some of us, if we're basically feeling well, uh, almost have this sense in the back of our heads that we're immortal and unaffectable by things, and, and nothing could be further from the truth. As, as a cancer physician, you know, I've come to realize that um, the importance of cancer screening, of being engaged with doctors in regular visits, are actually essential to maintaining a state of wellness. So the first step is realizing this is something that's really important. And even if I'm feeling great today, it doesn't mean that I can get away or skate without being able to get engaged with the doctor. And then the second step is, is what you have, have described in your intro, which is people live in communities. You have friends and family reaching out and finding out which doctors have worked for them. And usually what I mean by that is which doctor is willing to listen to you? Because listening is the best way for a doctor to begin a relationship with the patient. That is so important. In fact, I've had doctors kind of on both ends of that where I felt like they were listening and then other times when I felt like they didn't care. And uh, I'm sure they did care, right? right? I mean, some people just not as good at it as other people. Um, But that matters a lot. I remember the first time I felt like I was listened to, what a great appointment that was. It's very powerful. Uh, the actor Robin Williams was asked, what was the most important thing about acting? And, and his response was listening. Mm. Uh, there's great power in listening. And I think for physicians, you know, especially in the cancer domain, I work at the City of Hope, which is an extraordinary place. It's really dedicated to caring for patients and families in a very human and compassionate way. Compassion begins with listening, and it begins with deep respect for the person and family before us. I think if you're looking for a doctor, that that, that is the hallmark of someone who can be with you throughout the journey is that they're willing to listen and willing to treat your needs and your family with the respect that they deserve. Yeah, I think that matters. That matters a lot. So when uh, we're thinking about healthcare, you know, something that crossed my mind recently is during the, the COVID, I call it the COVID because it's like the plague. Uh, a lot of, sure. a lot of people were afraid to go to the hospital for regular things, even if they were injured, you know, or they were, right. they were having problems, you know, is, can we assure people that it's safe to go to visit your doctor or even to a, you know, the ER if that's necessary or to an urgent care? Should people be how should people be concerned about COVID now, but also balance that with regular health care needs? Well, I like the word you use, which is balanced. So I think you want to be prudent. We always want to be careful in taking risks. And it's a great idea to get your vaccines and to prepare. But at the same time, if you have health care needs, you can't put those on the back burner indefinitely. And as you go to doctor's offices or emergency rooms or other care settings, they have put in safeguards to ensure that as you move forward with the things that you probably put on hold for the previous two years, that you can do so with the highest level of safety possible. I think that's good for for people to hear and to know about and and to get out there. You're right about... um, 
you know, learning in advance. I think it's difficult. So right now I've, I've moved, but I've lived here for a while. I still haven't picked a doctor. I'm, I'm overdue for my physical. But one of the great things that, that happens is that if something is, you know, I'm at an age where I'm going to go to the doctor one day and they're going to find something in me that shouldn't be there. Um, I want to find that early, right? Right. You, you know, one of the things, and again, my perspective is skewed by being privileged to be a cancer doctor. Yeah. It's better. Um, I think the earlier you can detect a cancer, the greater likelihood of curing that cancer so that you can move forward with the rest of your life. And what we look at today is that there are great screening methods out there. There's screening for lung cancer. There's screening for prostate cancer and breast cancer and cervical cancer. Tragically, these things are underutilized. Mm. And when they're underutilized and cancer is detected at a more advanced stage, then it becomes more complicated to treat that illness. So, you know, we maintain our cars, we maintain our homes, we look out for members of our family. A key thing in moving forward with a healthy life and healthy living is actually doing that kind of maintenance for ourselves. Yeah, that's good advice. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. With me right now is Dr. Joseph Alvarnas. He's the Vice President of Government Affairs at City of Hope. And, Doctor, this weekend, tomorrow, um, we'll be having a, a health fair that you'll be a part of Saturday, September 24th from 9 to 1 at uh, Nazarene, uh, First Church of the Nazarene in Pasadena. You know, why should people go to health fairs like this one? I think great health fairs are health fairs, rather, are a great opportunity to go out and learn a lot of things. Mm. You know, health fairs can help teach you about better nutrition, healthier habits for, for, for things related to cancer. We're talking about cancer care screening. But beyond just gathering knowledge and improving health literacy, what, what these fairs do is they remind you is that you're not alone. You're part of a broader community. And, mm. you know, I appreciate not only the sponsorship of the, affair, uh, the health affair, but also you're letting people know about it because as people form communities, by working, collaborating, and learning together, we can not only have healthier people, but healthier communities. And I think that's ultimately what we all desire. Yeah, I think that matters, too, because there's a stigma sometimes, right, to maybe I'm sick. I don't really want to know, uh, or I don't want other people to know, so I'd rather not even find out. But when we realize that so many other people uh, are going through the same things or similar things, we're, we go through those things together, and that's something the health fair can help with. I think it's hugely important that you're not alone, that this demystification of, of things about your health and even about health care, that helps a lot because once you're no longer afraid, then you're profoundly empowered to be proactive, taking care of yourself so that you can continue to care for your families and to lead communities around you. Yeah, that matters a lot. Is there anything you'd like to add for some other reasons why people should go to our health fair tomorrow? Um, which, you know, I think uh, the whole idea of, of that, you just mentioned having confidence. You know, whenever I've had my physical and I've gone in and I'm not sick and I just, I just keep the routine and I have the screenings and I've gone to things like this, it really helps a lot because then you don't worry as much about normal, you know, stuff. You're, you're, you're in the system with people. Uh, what other things can people learn uh, tomorrow at the health fair? I, I think there, there are a lot of things to learn. Part of it is that people aren't alone. Part of it is that as we encounter challenges in life, and that might be a health issue, an elevated cholesterol, or even a cancer diagnosis, that it is possible to transcend that and to move forward with your life. 
and when we think deeply about the things that help us reduce risks in our lives, stopping smoking, eating better, getting out and exercising, doing cancer screening, we do that more effectively when we're educated and when we do so as members of a broader community that can support each other throughout that arc of getting better. Um, I think that's super good advice. Dr. Alvarnas, um, thank you for joining us. How is it, how's it going in your practice? Like personally, you know, the COVID happened. How does that affect you as a, as a doctor? You obviously have to stay involved and you, you, uh, just personally, how are you doing? Well, well, I'm doing great. You know, in, in part, I, I work, I've spent 25 plus years working at city of hope. It's been a privilege every day going to work with colleagues who are there to serve the patients before us. But I'll tell you, every day is an opportunity to be inspired by the patients and families that we're entrusted to treat. And, you know, when I see patients fighting leukemia or myeloma or lymphoma or diseases that otherwise could be life-ending, their immense courage and their implacability in the face of that foe as well as you know, our ability to partner with them to deliver clinical trials or care, it really gives you a sense of what we've achieved over the last 30 years through research and through better care, but also how that translates into the human face of success, which is real people living real lives with their families in ways that make our community better, richer places to live. Yes, I think that's really important. Hey, I want to thank you for being with us. If people are listening and they're interested in uh, City of Hope, is the best place to go cityofhope.org? It would be www.cityofhope.org. It's a great place to be. Um, It's an immensely caring environment and a place where new innovations and cures are developed daily. And a place where people listen. Absolutely. And uh, that's, a, that's a really good point. Thank you, Dr. Alvarnas, for being with us today on Southern California Live. It is a pleasure and a privilege to be here, and I wish you the best of success with your health fair. Oh, thank you very much, and uh, thanks for being with us. That health fair, everybody, and I do invite you to go. I'm serious about how great it is to know, great it is to get out in front of your health care. I probably didn't go to a physical for a long time, maybe as a young person, didn't think it mattered. And uh, then I started to go and paying attention to things like my cholesterol and other stuff that, um, you know, I always knew it was a thing, but not paying attention. I didn't really want to know, I guess, to some of my my background. And I, I went and then one time I had this incredibly low cholesterol report and I thought they mixed up the sample or something can't possibly be. <laughs> and I don't know what was different, but um Eventually, in talking with my doctor, I'm on some medication, and now my cholesterol is the best it's been in my life. And I feel great. I feel like I'm ahead of the game, and the healthcare uh, seminar tomorrow is going to help you with that. So here's the information. You can go to kkla.com to learn more about it, kkla.com. Join us Saturday, September 24th. That's tomorrow. It's my mom's birthday, September 24th from 9 to 1. And you'll get the latest updates and information on healthcare insurance, which is always changing. You should always be on top of that, by the way. Sometimes you, you, you can make some changes to your insurance policies, and it saves you some money or gets you better care. Also, best health practices, health screenings, nutrition, men's health, senior care, much, much more. A lot of great stuff there. Go to kkla.com. It's free. 
The health screenings are free, no cost. Uh, there is breakfast available. I don't think the breakfast is free, but I'll bet that it's good. And uh, there's raffles, prizes. It's actually a very fun event, so you can bring your family. It's a great way to get back in the game of taking control of your health care. And uh, the way you find out more information is go to kkla.com. Click on the health fair banner. It says health fair and lifestyle expo. Once again, it's tomorrow, September 24th, 9 to 1. And uh, we'd love to have you be there. All right, everybody. And, uh, you know, I asked uh, before, you know, how do you find a doctor? Great advice uh, from our guest about the listening. Um, that matters. You know, find somebody who listens. You got some thoughts about it? I got a couple of minutes here. In a moment, we're going to have uh, Officer Dion Joseph with us. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. We got a couple of minutes. What advice would you give? For somebody who is looking for a doctor, Christina in Huntington Beach, welcome to Southern California Live. Um, thank you. Yes, I'd like to address just that. Um, uh, the first thing is uh, most people have HMOs now. So mm. The first thing is that you. First, I think the first thing you have to remember is that you are the customer. Um, I think a lot of people get stuck on the insurance that you know it's something that's being it is given, it's provided, but you still are the customer, and you can take charge and you can make changes. Uh, first thing is to call, you know, get the card, get the number on your card, customer service, ask for what um, service, what uh, what facilities are in your area specifically, or what areas you can go to, because you can actually go outside of your, let's say, within a radius. You can go into, I mean, you got to stay within your county. Right. But you can go to areas, and so there might be a better facility or a better doctor that you like or that you know of in a different um, location. So that's that's the first thing, and then when you start looking and you find a doctor, you could. There's two sites. Uh, there are, I'm sure, there's other sites, but the most popular have been ones. The first one is called HealthGrades.com, mm. and the other one is Vitals.com. And you can just input the doctor's name, and then it gives you the whole biography of his history. Um, you know, people can go on there and rate these doctors as well. So it's a good medium. Also, um, it's not 100% perfect. Sure, but somebody that takes the time to go onto these sites and put a uh, review is usually somebody who's either really for the doctor or against the doctor. Right. Um, <laughs> kind of like so Yelp. That's, that's, it's either five stars or one star. There's, yeah. there's no three-star yeah, people. <laughs> it is kind of like a Yelp, yes. And then, yeah. of course, there is Yelp, but I really think that these two sites are, are good sites. And just remember that you are the customer, and um, if you didn't like that particular, um, let's say, facility, you can change to another facility. And usually, it used to be, you could only do it once a year, but now they, you know, a lot of the insurances have changed. There has been a lot of not so good changes, but a lot of good changes where, you know, it's a little bit more flexible where you can change every 30 days, you know. Um, right. So that, that's a good thing. Yeah. So just empower yourself. Yes. And, and don't, if you don't like that doctor, it's okay. The next month change to a different doctor. And you just have to do some homework. And I know for seniors, it's difficult. I'm a senior too, and it's difficult. But customer service, that's their job, you know, to, to help you. And, you know, if you've got any kind of issues, whether it's visual or um, whatever it is, you know, auditory, then you can just tell them, and you know they're they're there to help you, you know, find the best doctor and and pinpoint it. And you yeah. can also you can go online. You know, whoever's technically savvy, they can go online and 
and go on to their sites. There's all these sites that you can go. Like if you, if you had Blue sure. Shield, you go on to Blue Shield right. and find a doctor, or you can go, you know, specifically yeah. you know, certain doctors. Christina, thank you for all of that. I think advice. I think that's great advice, especially the reminder that you are the customer. I mean, I think we forget that a lot of the time, right? That I'm the customer of my doctor, effectively, and and the healthcare insurance. You might be stuck with whatever you've got because of your employer is giving it to you and that kind of thing, but. You are the customer, and I have learned that. Let me tell you something. As a pastor for all these years, I've seen a lot of stuff, and I've seen some really great care, and I've seen some poor care. But one of the things that I've noticed that really helps you get better care is when people are not afraid to ask questions, and you're not afraid to actually go up the chain of uh, authority if you are feeling like, hey, I'm not getting paid attention to, or I don't really feel comfortable about this. If you've got that feeling, or you don't think you're getting good customer care, you should say something about that. And, you know, don't just leave it at putting a Yelp review on there. <laughs> you know, people do that. Um, I laugh about the three-star three star Yelp reviews. It's like, eh, I don't really care about this place one way or the other. You know, why, why waste the time? But um, you are that customer. And I can tell you what, I've known people who have basically had either saved their life or saved the life of a loved one simply because they kept asking questions and simply because they went back and were able to get an extra test that they didn't uh, weren't approved for or that uh, maybe somebody thought they didn't need. And you can really do a lot when you realize that you're empowered that way. That's, I think, some really good advice. Um, we will come back to uh, the Open Line Friday later on. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, and uh, it's always good to be with you. When we come back in just a moment, we have our one of our favorite guests, Officer Dion Joseph, is with us. And uh, one of the things we're going to talk about is the fentanyl crisis. And you've seen it in the news in Los Angeles. Los Angeles Times uh, was reporting that uh, seven L.A. Unified teens have died in the past month to fentanyl overdoses, uh, and which is horrific. But it's a much bigger crisis than that. And um, there may be nobody who can speak to it maybe as well as Dr. Uh, doctor. I just gave you a promotion officer. Uh, <laughs> Officer, Officer uh, Dion, and uh, we're going to have Officer Dion here in just a moment. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. The number is 888-528-2557. You can also go to kkla.com and look up Southern California Live or kprz.com. If you're in San Diego, look up Southern California Live, get our podcast, and check us out there. We'll be back in just a minute with Officer Dion when the Friday edition of Southern California Live continues. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. To Southern California Live, Scott Furrow with you. Great to be with you, as we are each and every weekday from 3 to 5. And, you know, one of the the greatest, just one of the most troubling things, there's so many, I don't even know what the right word is, but uh, troubling things that's going on is the fentanyl problem that we have. There's, you know, drugs in general, but fentanyl has been hitting uh, very hard in all of our different communities. And just in the LA Times uh, yesterday, seven teenagers have passed away from fentanyl overdose just in the last month. And that's just kids, and kids are going to make the news a lot more, obviously, but there are people all over who are dying of fentanyl. With me is Officer Dion Joseph, and uh, Dion Joseph is a law enforcement consultant, and he has been doing this for over 25 years. And uh, he works often with the Skid Row community here in Los Angeles. Officer Dion, welcome to Southern California Live. Thank you so much for having me on this important topic. It is important. So you, you're on the front lines of this. You're dealing with this every day. 
um, how do we recognize a fentanyl overdose? You know, if, we, if this is going on, what does fentanyl do and why is this happening uh, so often now? Well, it's so important to recognize when someone is overdosing so you can save their life. But first, I want to dive into how it's killing everybody. Yeah, I really want to do that. I want to stay so on point because this is a adult conversation that I want your kids to be around. Go get your kids mm. and have them sit there and listen to you. Because sometimes when your parents, you're talking to your kids, kids kind of go deaf because they're tired of hearing the same. So maybe they hear from somebody else who cares, yeah. you know, how fentanyl, how dangerous it is. Uh, maybe we can save some lives here. So we have to understand that fentanyl is a very, very powerful synthetic opioid. It is powerful, okay? Uh, it's a painkiller. And that's why a lot of drug addicts turn to things like heroin because they're trying to either escape emotional or even physical, physical pain. All right. Uh, but it's the most deadly. Yeah. It's the most deadly escape. Where does it come from? Why do we have this everywhere right now? Well, for that right now, we're, we're seeing it coming across our borders right now. Okay. Right? That's primarily the way it's coming into the country? That's that's where the bleeding is happening the most. Okay. Uh, and I'm so surprised that no one is going full stop on trying to uh, cut that off. But it is what it is. You know? Right. That's another issue to talk about. But <laughs> So it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a huge one. Okay. But for right now, it's here, mm-hmm. and we want to save some lives. So. Yeah. Um, what more? It's popular uh, because it gets you high very quick. Just mm-hmm. like they did with cocaine. You remember cocaine? Yeah. Powder cocaine, people smoked it, yeah, snorted it, and it took you three hours. It lasted in your body three hours. Well, they found a way to cut it to shorten the high, but also uh, uh, reduce the acidity. So the high is powerful, but very short, and that's what hooked people. Yeah. Well, they're doing the same thing with fentanyl right now. And what it does is it takes over your brain receptors. All right. Okay. It completely takes over. Uh, it floods your receptors, killing your pain senses, right? It kills all the pain, which is what they want. Mm. But it also enhances the flow of dopamine, which is that reward that they're looking for. Uh, and when it floods your brain, your brain basically tells the rest of your body, slow down. So you become lethargic. A lot of parts of your body's inside start to slow down, like your digestive system. But the most dangerous is how it affects your breathing. Your brain literally tells your lungs to stop breathing. Mm. And that's what happens. And that's what kills you. That's what kills you. And it's killing people really quickly. Uh, You can literally stop breathing within seconds. Mm. Seconds. I witnessed this. Yeah. Just driving on uh, on the block. I see a lady stand up because she's afraid I'm going to arrest her when she sees me. She stands up and she drops. And I had to save her life. If I hadn't have been there, I know that woman would have passed away. Mm. Uh, This year alone, I had to revive about four people in a month. Wow. Uh, using Narcan. And yeah. when I ran out of Narcan, which is something every agency, fire department, police officer, social worker should have on hand. Narcan <laughs> is what you inject somebody with if they're in the process of overdosing. Is that this right? is through a nasal nasal dispension. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we don't use the needles like the fire department comes and gives them the good stuff. But we use just enough to keep people alive until the fire department gets there. So okay. we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, so I've had to revive a lot of people. I've also seen too many death reports. It's 50 times. Think about this. 50 times stronger than heroin. And heroin is pretty bad. Heroin's terrible. <laughs> terrible. What I tell people is, hey, your choice as a heroin is to die or stop. Exactly. <laughs> and this is 50 times. And here's the, here's the kicker. It's 100 times than morphine. Wow. That, that's deadly. All right? Now, to drive for somebody to use this drug is to get higher faster, and it's really destroying lives. And let me tell you how powerful it is. Just two milligrams that's two grains of salt two grains of salt can kill you (laughs) it can kill you and 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 i'm laughing i'm not because it's funny because of the response lack of response i'm just disgusted by the lack of response Mm. 
2021, we had 80,000 people. Over 100,000 people died from overdoses, period. Right. 80,000 people died from opioid overdoses. And here are the symptoms. If you want to see, if you see somebody, yeah. I'll never forget. I'm driving on the north part of my division, and I see uh, uh, a man who I knew was a pastor. And I'm not judging him. He didn't know what to do. He wasn't a doctor. But he sees a man on the sidewalk, stops, looks at him, then gets on his phone and just walks away. There are some things you can do to save somebody. So you got to remember, if you're a child of God, you know, everybody's life has value. And if you have the tools to save somebody's life and give somebody a second chance to uh, connect with their creator, as I call it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, here's what you do. Here's what you do. Okay. If you okay. see somebody on the sidewalk turning blue. Okay, their lips are blue, their fingertips are getting blue, they're breathing once every few seconds or having shallow breathing. Uh, if they have pinpointed pupils, if you see that, they're dying. Okay, okay? here's what you do that you can save their lives. Uh, basically, you lay them on their left side. We call that the recovery position. Okay, okay. and you bring their knees up to their, as close to their chest as possible, right? And then what you do is you take your fist, and I know it looks bad. Somebody will probably walk by and think you're beating them. Right. They're going to take out their phone and, uh, <laughs> yeah, and film, film you. It, yeah. right? Don't worry about that. Yeah. You're saving somebody's life. Right. Take your fist and put it up against their chest, in the middle of their chest. Call out to them and rub their that sternum really, really hard and vigorously to try to get them alert until someone gets there. Prior to all of that, you call 911 to get the uh, fire department okay. there. Okay. Another thing you could do is if you really care about the situation, you're in an area where you know a lot of people are overdoses and you want to help, go find out where you can get some Narcan and carry it around on you, mm -hmm. even for your family, in case you may have somebody struggling. Addiction. If you're worried about your kids or worried about <laughs> someone in your family. Exactly. Because I was just thinking this is happening, obviously, where you're working in Skid Row, but we're not just talking about that. We're talking about every neighborhood this is going on right now. This is everywhere. This is everywhere. And, and I was talking to you about this before. You know, I, I, I'm, I hate that it takes a 15-year-old girl. Uh, and to her parents, uh, mm. my comp condolences to you. Uh, I'm so sorry for your loss. And yeah. seven others overdosing or a celebrity or someone living in an influential neighborhood for people to take this seriously. I work in an area where people uh, outside of where I work, these are nameless, faceless people who are struggling with addiction, who are also loved by somebody, and they are dying all the time. I've never yeah. seen so many death reports come across my desk in all of my 26 years where I work. So it is a state of emergency for no matter where you are. Fentanyl is no respecter of where you are on an economic spectrum or where you are as a person or your influence. It's taken out everybody, and I think there needs to be a unified front here to get our government to step it up. There it does. We're, you're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. I'm with Officer Dion Joseph. Uh, Dion, what – you know, why is there no response? I mean, these numbers, you know, we, we have kind of COVID in the background and we have all these other, these numbers are enormous, mm -hmm. huge numbers of deaths. Mm -hmm. Why aren't we doing anything? Why not? This is one of those things where you can kind of place squarely on the backs of politicians uh, who have bought into the hands-off approach. No one should be held accountable for using drugs. Uh, oh, they're just hurting themselves as a victimless crime. We have a lot of people who have bought into that. And I'm, I'm not a political person. I'm not left or right. I'm real. Yeah. But I have to be honest. I know where this is coming. I know where the cracks are coming from. And right now it's coming from the left side of the party. And I have friends who are left. Please don't take offense to it. I love you guys. I agree with a lot of things you say. But at some point we have to be honest and say, look, this side is failing. And they've been failing on this since 2002. And now we're all wide open. Our sons, our daughters are vulnerable. And they're not stepping up because their ideals 
are more valuable to them than valuing actual human life. Yeah. This is where we are today. I think that's that's really huge. You know, you said about not being left and right. I'm real. I feel like most people are real on this issue, right? I think right. most people, wherever they're at politically listening to this right now, are outraged at this. Mm-hmm. And yet you said for 20 years this has been the policy to stay out, that it's it's a victimless crime. Right. You know, all those kinds of things. What do you think we can do now? You know, what what's a step for a citizen to do? Hey, I'm listening to this. What in the world do I do? Obviously, we go vote. Right, right. And we pay attention to that. But. Well, let's talk about voting. If if you hear of any measure coming on the ballot that's talking about reversing some of these dangerous propositions like 47 and 57, get out there and vote for it. Get out there and vote for it. Police officers, law enforcement agencies are not trying to ruin people's lives. Many people whose lives I say credited me for actually arresting them and getting them into the system, into mandatory drug programs. That's what saved their lives. Mm. Not, oh, I I, I got to write you just a little ticket for a smoking crack today, and then you just ball that up and throw it in, in the trash, right. and you keep on smoking. That's causing people that I've known for 20 years, since Bill Clinton was the president, yeah. to die. And it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. So get out there and if you or you can create a ballot measure. I don't care what you have to do. If you've lost a son or daughter and you agree with me and you love that person with all of your heart and soul, let this be a motivator to get out there and start pushing for more responsible measures that can actually uh, hold them accountable, get them into mandatory treatment. Because right now there's no mandatory treatment. If you remember, yeah, uh, 2002, we voted for Prop 36. Prop 36 wasn't an overwhelming success, but at least it gave some people a chance. But now we voted for Prop 47, and there's no mandatory drug treatment. And so what did 47 do? <clears throat> took away the mandatory drug took, treatment? Took away, completely eviscerated the, the mandatory drug treatment. Uh, all serious crimes and non-serious crimes, mm-hmm. possession of drugs, lowered, drug selling, selling, even in recovery zones, lowered. So as a result, uh, more drugs are coming in, and it's harder for law enforcement to stop yeah. it. And we've embraced this idea of harm reduction, right, where we're not talking about recovery. We're, we're talking about a safer way to do your drugs, which right. continues the market. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, right. It can, in fact, uh, we'll take a break here and we'll be back, be back with Officer Dion Joseph in a minute. The LA Times has had these reports recently, Officer, about um, the, the cannabis crimes now that have increased dramatic, dramatically, right? That was supposed, we're supposed to have, you know, marijuana is okay now. I was and bring uh, that up. <laughs> supposed to have tax dollars and all this stuff, and it's actually worse. It's far worse. Three times worse. Three times worse. And the LA Times is even reporting that, which is a shocker. Um, it's a huge problem, and I think uh, you are 100% right that it's about how we value life. Exactly. And that's a symptom of something much, much worse. Uh, that is so many things. We'll take a break. We'll be back with Officer Dion Joseph. If you want to get to know Officer Dion Joseph more, go to DionJoseph.org, DionJoseph.org. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. We'll be right back with Officer Dion as the Friday edition of SoCal Live continues. Too nervous to go live on the radio with Scott Furrow? Then share your thoughts on the SoCal Live voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody, to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. I'm with Officer Dion Joseph. Officer Dion is a law enforcement consultant, and we've been talking about a fentanyl crisis that is here. And uh, Officer Dion works uh, primarily in the Skid Row community, and he is somebody who, as you can tell, is of a very knowledgeable but also very passionate. He loves the Lord, and he's very caring. And, you know, we are so concerned about... Um, this problem. 
and our kids in particular and how it's affecting uh, everybody and getting worse. How do we make it better? You know, officer, what are some of the myths? Like, what are some things that we can dispel about fentanyl use that sometimes people? Well, two myths. One, uh, this is for my brothers and sisters in law enforcement, uh, is that if you touch it, you're immediately going to die. Um, that's not entirely true unless you have a cut on your hand or an open sore. Okay. Yes, if it gets in, into you. The other issue we're seeing is many officers, when they're done searching people or dealing with uh, items or contraband, they tend to wipe their hands with alcohol preps or wipes, and it's the alcohol that actually helps it absorb into your skin. So that's just something for my paramedics and uh, law enforcement officers and everybody out there, even security guards, to be mindful of with that. But another myth uh, that I see and that I get into conversation with people in my a sphere of influence in my neighborhood, my community is, oh, well, why is there a lack of response? It's racial. That's why. Because mm-hmm. when it was the 80s and crack cocaine, they were going after black people left and right. And right now, now that it's everybody, now nobody cares. Well, that's not entirely true. So this myth I have to dispel. Uh, we got to start racializing everything. Yeah. <laughs> the truth is attitudes for better or for worse changed about drug addiction. And mm-hmm. that all started to change around 2000, 2002 with the legislation of Prop 36, which didn't decriminalize drug possession, still was a felony, but it forced people into mandatory treatment instead of them going to jail for a long time. And of course, with every new legislation passed, the people or the kind of humanistic mindset, they say, this is a victory. Let's keep working. So So they make more legislation, more legislation to decriminalize. And then comes Prop 47. And I discussed that last time, how it turns serious crimes into non-serious crimes. And it gives judges a lot of discretion on what what to do with a drug addict. So it basically nullified Prop 36, which provided mandatory drug programs for a lot of the individuals we arrested for possession. Now they don't have to go. So what happened was attitudes changed across the board. This has nothing to do with racism or even classism. It's just attitudes change. So I wanted to dispel that myth for a lot of people listening who believe that uh, because in their minds it's white people overdose because it's not. Mm-hmm. It's people from all walks of life. I'm dealing with black people who are overdosing on fentanyl yeah. every day. It's not racist, racial. Attitudes have changed. And what we need uh, for some, you're not going to like to hear this, but we have to go backwards, you know, yeah. to uh, fighting this and bringing back mandatory d- uh, drug programs and allowing us to uh, arrest these individuals, not to send them away for life, but to dry them out a bit and make sure that they go to mandatory programs. Because without that, now I'm not saying that was a panacea because we still had people using drugs even after that. Right. But more people were benefiting or more people were, were we were disrupting that that path from the pipe to a casket, you know, right. when we were able to disrupt and make those arrests and get these people in the programs. So I wanted to dispel that myth and just really put that out there. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, the odd thing is that people will say, like you said, well, we're going backwards. Mm-hmm. We're going backwards to something that worked. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so 20 years ago, maybe people like, let's give this a try. The right. data is clear that this doesn't work. It's failing. It's just failing. Everywhere, everywhere you yeah. go, it's failing. Yeah, it's yeah. completely failing everywhere. And we're seeing this in all of our major cities. Um, and even in suburbs and everywhere else, it's it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. But we're seeing a big time in the cities. We're seeing it with every community, and uh, it's a very sad thing. So, in in talking about these things, which we need to discuss it, uh, my mom. I was talking with my mom this week, and we were talking about this kind of thing. And she goes, "You know, I just want to turn it off. I just don't feel like I can even talk about it." Yeah, we can't do that. And right. my mom knew that that right, right. that we can't. We have to do something. So. If if you're listening and you're listening with kids and you've got kids, I've got kids, and this this concerns me that you just go to the park 
mm. and that's it for you. <laughs> exactly. Right. And one time. That's it. You know, how do we teach our kids? So for people listening, you know, what is the, the best first step for people in our families, people in our sphere of influence? How do we teach our kids and, and other family members? Well, I want to say this as an imperfect parent. Hmm. So I'm not oh, yeah. trying to preach to you that I am the angel of all parents. And, you know, but the one thing I did, folks, is I never checked out. And like no other time hmm. in history, I'm seeing parents check out. Yes whether it's because they're stuck on their phones or because they're working two or three jobs to make, the, to make ends meet, you know, or, or their attitudes are, oh, well, at some point kids are going to use drugs anyway. No, no, you can't. You cannot have that attitude. You've got to stay checked in. What, what I did with my kids, and so far, by the grace of God, I've been successful. All three of my sons, handsome, beautiful black <laughs> boys, have never even smoked weed well, good for them. <laughs> because of this. And yeah. they've been around it, but mm-hmm. they didn't do it. And it's because I did these things, okay? I never let my kids go to anyone's home that I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Yep. And the reason why is for those, the reasons I stated before, those attitudes of some parents, today's kind of progressive-minded parents. Well, they're kids. Kids are going to be kids. They're gonna, or the other one that drives me crazy out here. Oh, well, uh, if they're going to use drugs, they might as well do it in my home, you know, where I can Right. Go. Basically, you're admitting that you have a front-row seat. To That's your right. kids' destruction. So when your kids are going to strangers' house, homes, you know, it could be that peer pressure. And all it takes is that one. It's not just heroin. It's not just meth that they're lacing this stuff with. They are lacing it marijuana with fentanyl. So yeah. one puff and your kid who has never, ever tried anything is dying yeah. in somebody's uh, uh, living room or den or wherever. Uh, get to know the parents of your kids' friends. That's one thing my wife and I did. We shook everybody down. That, yeah, that that matters so much. You got to get to know the other parents personally. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Gosh, it's scary. It's it's scary that yeah. parents are afraid to do that. And when I say shake down, I didn't go patting down. Their you know, it's just a figure of speech. Because oh, I was thinking that's great advice. You know, but you no. Mind if I search your home before my kid comes over, yeah, get to know the parents. And when you find out they have similar values, and a lot of the parents, what I loved about them, oh no, come here. I don't have alcohol here. Mm-hmm. This is my alcohol. It's locked up. Nobody can get this. I have a gun here, but it's up here in the attic. I love that. And those are the people who I would allow my son to go visit. Uh, learn the objective symptoms of being under the influence of any drugs. Once yes. again, stay, it's every drug. But since we're talking about fentanyl, let's stick with fentanyl, okay? You got to stay engaged. You got to know. Exactly. Uh, with fentanyl, here are the symptoms, okay? If you see this with your kid. If they're feeling faint or dizzy, uh, if they're suffering from confusion, you know, uh, if they're feeling sleepy and lethargic, which a lot of kids are, but, yeah. you know, be mindful of that. You think about it as a teenager, if they're sleeping until noon and they're 14, well, that might be normal, yeah, but pains. why? Right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, uncoordinated slurred speech or poor mm. vision and difficulty thinking or speaking coherently. These are signs that your kid might be using heroin or uh, using opioids. So please be mindful of that. Check your kid's room. There's no expectation of privacy. Privacy. That's right. Uh, when you're trying to help your kids. And these parents are like, well, I want to respect it. No, yeah. I did not respect my kid's privacy. If something was off, I was in their room until I find it. Thank God I never found it. You know, sometimes it was just a heartbreak from a girlfriend or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> But don't be ashamed at it. You are the parent. That's you are right. the guide. You are the two individuals, uh, whether it's a single household or pair two parent, who God sent to be a guide, to be a minister to these kids and make sure they have a decent life. All right. And most importantly, uh, a remind them that of the spiritual aspect. And I love being on KKLA because I can talk about this to the kids, uh, yes. to, to the cows come home. Don't forget to tell them that a they're loved by God mm. and their body is a temple. And when they were born. God gave them everything they needed to survive. 
You don't need to add anything else man-made uh, into your body. Let these kids know that their bodies are a temple, that they're beautiful, that they're loved, and they don't need it. And then lastly, you know, I'm old school. I told my kids, you know, I brought you in this world. I'll take you out if I yeah. see you. <laughs> I said that literally. Well, I didn't say it so nicely, but right. <laughs> those things kept my kids on the right track. And I thank God and other parents that I know, they do the same thing. Yep. So please don't check out of your kid's life. Check in. Don't give into this pressure to just go hands off and say, hey, kids will be kids. You are signing your kid's death warrant. That's right. If you do that. Yep. It's a, uh, the world's changed. You know, if you're thinking, well, when I was a kid, I went everywhere and I didn't get in trouble. Mm -hmm. You got lucky that you didn't get in trouble back then. (laughs) But now there are so many more things and you're right. You can't, you can't necessarily trust your friend's parents. No, absolutely not. It is a, it's a huge problem. They want to be the cool parents, right? They want to be, and these philosophies, the reason that we're voting for people like that is because people actually agree. Yeah. You know, or they don't want to take a stand. And uh, that's great advice to be a parent. You know, and our hope ultimately in all of this, right, is that we do have the Lord. Absolutely. And you got to pray. And this Every is, day. you know, we were talking at the break. This is a spiritual problem because it doesn't make any sense what's right. going on, right? Right. It does not make any sense that we tolerate this. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense that we are coming up with philosophies that we know for 20 years that do not work. Absolutely. We absolutely know they don't work. And they don't even sound right when they mention it. Just like right. Prop 47, the safe neighborhoods and schools. Like, oh, if we just stop arresting people and lower crime, crime's going to stop. That's crazy. That's that insane. It didn't make sense when they said right. it. <laughs> if we stop calling it crime, then there won't be any crime. Exactly. That's exactly what that is. <laughs> that's what they did. Yeah, that's what they did. Oh, and one last thing I forgot. Yeah. Uh, like, well, I remember my sons, uh, somebody at the school gave them some candy and i used to tell him mm. if it's not now later if it's not out johnny apple seeds if you don't recognize it don't eat it just little things like that if you don't know what it is because of course back then they were giving kids molly right. and ecstasy and but now they're once again they're lacing everything with fentanyl yep. so and you never know there's drug dealers in school and everything now and that's where they're headed and they're just outright murderers that's they what they are they don't care absolutely and i i'm sorry we can't Wait to charge somebody with murder when it's a Hollywood actor that passes away. I think every drug dealer that sells drugs to anybody, whether it's somebody's poor auntie who's strung out on crack on the corner or someone's kid, you know, walking home from school, you should be charged with murder. And if you possess it for the purpose of sale, I believe you should be charged with attempted murder. I, I believe that with my whole heart. Yep. All right. Well, we have a lot of prayer uh, that needs to be done. And, uh, you know, everybody listening, this is Officer Dion Joseph. I'm Scott Furrow, Southern California Live. But Officer Joseph, thank you for being with us today. And uh, to learn more about uh, Dion Joseph, go to DionJoseph.org, DionJoseph.org. And uh, thank you for being with us. This is very real. It's very needed. It's always great to have you on our program on Southern California Live. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for having me. All right. God bless you. God bless you, too. Hey, if you want to get the podcast of this episode, go to your radio station website, kkla.com or kprz.com. If you're in San Diego, look for Southern California Live in the program guide. That is us, and you can get the podcast. And I want to encourage you to be a parent. If you've got kids and you're worried about it, you are the parent, just as Officer Dion said. And take control. I know it's scary. I know we'd rather turn it off, but uh, we can't. This matters a lot. All right, we'll be back for Hour 2 of Southern California Live. It'll be open phone Friday. The number is 888-528-2557. You can call about anything you'd like, 888-528-2557. We'll be back in just a moment as the Friday edition of Southern California Live continues. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.